dropped out pretty much first business while in university and then service from started i was like what university so it was pretty much that so i did not have that experience but i would always look at leadership in the eyes of like how would i want to be treated welcome to the podcast b2b saw ceos with me joseph olsen as your host i'm the ceo and founder of vam that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. My name is Iranti Gomez, the CEO and co-founder of ServiceForm. And you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Iranti. Hi, Yosef. How are you? Very good. Very excited to be here. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And first thing first, always. What does your company, in this case Serviceform, do? Please, Iranti, give me the elevator pitch. Okay, sure. So, well, Serviceform is a B2B SaaS company. And so what we do is we basically help traditional businesses the ones that you know the others forget like the real estate agencies the car companies home services businesses you know who are quite established but they're not very tech savvy so what we do is we basically help them get more sales from their website and also to help them manage them with the entire combined tool set so the combined tool set basically includes chatbots live chat dynamic forms pop-ups lead bars, a cookie controller, social inbox, and meeting scheduler. So it's a whole combined tool set, like I said. And for the last couple of years, we've been really focused on website conversion, but uh, I'm very looking, I'm very much looking forward to next year because we are also going to be putting our focus on the management side. It's going to be a whole new category and we are calling it the XRM. So you know how a traditional CRM is to manage your customer list. And it's very structured, right? If you think HubSpot, Pipedrive, Salesforce. So the idea with like, just like it being a CRM, in the XRM, the X is lowercase. So which means you can replace the X with practically anything you want. It could be for marketing, development, HR, you name it. So the main idea around it is that since every business is unique, We want to let the business decide the structure, how they want to use it. Because one big problem we had within our own company is that sales doesn't know what marketing is doing. Customer success doesn't know what sales is doing. And that's a lot of mismatch. So one big area is like we want to focus around to break silos, to help bring teams to improve communication. So that way, you know, we could reduce the communication gaps. Yeah, you're you're going for... For the big win. Yes, for sure. It's, it's going to be a massive win and we're very excited about it. Congratulations on your new round. Uh, I know that you have gotten more funding in a big seed round. Thank you. So what we did was we, we raised this uh, seed round of 2 million euros early this year with Backing Minds, which is a VC firm based in Stockholm. So the main purpose of that round is to basically grow in our existing markets and expand into new ones. 
And 2022 for us was was like a lot about, you know, growing operations in Finland, which we're currently based, and then also Spain, and which Spain, we had operations, but then due to COVID, we had to pause it. So we got that up and running again, and then we also expanded into the Swedish market. So those markets have been going excellently well, but now next year, 2023, we are very much looking forward to expanding into the UK, Italy, and France. So yeah, so with all of this expand, expanding, um, it's a lot of recruitment. <laughs> I can I can understand. How, how many people are you going to hire in, in the next year? So right now we are about 60. So by the end of next year, we are estimating the company is going to hit up hit close to 100. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that is a lot of new people incoming then. Yes, because uh, we are very much outbound focused right now. So uh, being outbound focus, it's a lot to do with recruiting salespeople, especially with now we're starting off new markets, testing it and saying, where are we going with it? And then, you know, it's continuous recruiting. Inanti, now I really want to know, how did it all start? How did you end up with the idea of service form? Do you want the long version or the short version? I want the short version of the long version. Okay, sounds good. So me and my co-founder, Yarko, he's Finnish, well, I'm Sri Lankan. We met in Australia and we started our first business there together. It was a little a coffee catering business. We had these little cute coffee cards, more like bikes actually. So we started this business, right, with all the savings we had. Through our website, we would get customers making inquiries. Hey, I have an event. Uh, I have a promotional event or a wedding or party. Can you bring your a coffee bike to the event? And if we did not respond, you know, quite immediately, they would go to the next available competitor. Yeah. So that sucks for a you know a small business. And then that's been thought because Yarko comes from a strong software background. And we thought, hey, you know what? Let's make a simple dynamic form where people can click on to say what they want. And at the same time, because at the end of the day, Yosef, if you wanted a coffee cart, you don't really know, right? You would have to ask me so many questions. So the questions that we would ask the customer would also explain the service we are offering at the same time. So our goal was simple. You click, 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 put your details, tell us when you want to come to your event, and we would automate the whole process to say that we'll be there. Don't worry. Don't go looking for another competitor. <laughs> so that worked. It reduced, a, no, no, it didn't take away everything, but it reduced a big amount of like the potential customers we were losing. And at the same time, we saw two more things happen. We saw that um, if you use a traditional contact form on a website with name, phone, email, message, you know, some people write something, what they want, and some people don't. It's very open-ended. So it's very hard to qualify the customer because for us, we wanted gigs which paid us by the hour, not by the coffee cup. So if they paid us by the coffee cup, we were like, no, 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 thanks. <laughs> but if you pay us by the hour, we'll count it. So yeah, we were able to qualify the customer. So that was a very nice win for us. So that way, because it's service business, right? We wanted to use our time well. And the other thing was we noticed that having that form in a way where you can you know, get your answers, it cut down the back and forth unnecessary emailing and calls for a big part. And then of course you need to ask more information. So like we saw how things improved. So that's where we saw, hey, this could really work in not in events. And the more we explored, we saw that could work in real estate, automotive, you name it. If you have a website, you have something to sell, a service or a product, could work. And at that same time-ish, uh, we had like uh, 
this a coffee person who had a, a plant in Indonesia got interested in the business. And we thought, hey, a good time to sell this, move on, start service form. How did you end up in Finland? Well, <laughs> Yarko is Finnish. I know it's a very cold country. You moved from, the, from Australia then to Finland and then service form was born there. Pretty much. But then, to be honest, we actually started operations in Spain. Uh, like the first employee we hired was from Barcelona because we wanted to go into a market where we, we knew nothing about to like properly test it. Let's get brutal feedback. Ah, nice. <laughs> what a great story. Uh, and I can, I, I, I truly hear, yeah, you, you are a true hustler. I can already hear that from some of the answers you're given. You, you, you are the business person. And like you said, Jarko is the tech person, right? We both work very well, like in terms of like the strategic partnership stuff. By the way, he's also my husband now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So th- this is how you end up with service form. And this leads me into the segment of leadership. Are you a good leader? Ooh, that's a tough question. I mean, what is a good leader? <laughs> um, well, to be honest, like if I think it from my perspective, it's a tough question. Like it's, it's hard for me to come off and say, yes, I'm the best. Right. But I would always look because I never worked in a corporate company. University dropped out pretty much first business, well, first business while in university and then service form started. I was like, what university? So it was pretty much that. So I did not have that experience, but I would always look at leadership in the eyes of like, I would always think like, how would I want to be treated by someone, you know, who's superior to me, who's, who's like the leadership I'm under? Because with all my experience so far, because it's not always black and white. Because sometimes you have to make a tough decisions and it might not seem fair. But in general, what I've been trying to practice is that I would want to make sure that if I am under someone, I'm given clear instructions, right? They would take time to listen to my feedback, be reasonable with me as a person while being strict, right? And also to give me the freedom to learn from my mistakes. And I, I must say, I do this. I try hard every day. I practice it. But of course, I'm not, you know, 100% there yet. I'm also improving as a person. You're constantly improving. And exactly. would you say, if we then move on to superpowers, what, what are your superpowers as a leader? From the top of my head, if I had to pick one, I would say it's a, a processes. I get very excited when, you know, we need to come together and make a process for something and I'm pretty good at it. And then also in general, managing people, being someone, you know, that that someone could rely on me that, you know, that, hey, I'm around if you need something. And then if I am, let's say, I'm also currently working on my next superpower, which is basically figuring it out our marketing. <laughs> that That needs work. I, I love how it's been. My my next coming superpower. I'm not here yet, but soon I will have that superpower too. I, yes. I, I love this mentality. <laughs> yeah, Fishy, focus from superpowers and the, the positive angle. What is the worst about being a leader according to you? I would say it's not having anyone to fall back on. Because at the end of the day, it's all up to you. You can get advice, but then you know, directly or indirectly, you're part of a decision. And then if it doesn't go well, it's no one else's fault, but yours. And then 
now we are, like I said, we are almost a team of 60. And with, when that grows in size, people are different. People are humans, they have emotions. And sometimes there can be internal drama and it can be a bit frustrating. And because all I want to do is focus on the business, like outside problems, but not like you know, <laughs> inside problems. But it happens. Like you cannot stop it when you know a company starts growing in size. And then because people have, like I said, different emotions, thoughts, perspectives, and all of that. So that can be a bit tough. Totally agree. And uh, this leads me into the last part of the leadership segment. And this is uh, remote first or office first, and then a follow-on question to that. Would you say, are you a remote first or office first company? Overall, we are a remote first company because we have teams based in four different countries and five soon. Um, But if you look at it individually, like a team in a country, we have seen that it's very important for us to have a hybrid setup. And since uh, my company, VAM, is a remote first company, I'm, uh, I'm super curious about hearing all about the office topic. So please, can you share some, some key things or best practices regarding why you chose the way you work and also how you have managed? You said you love processes. So, so some good processes for making a good fit here in the company. When COVID happened, we had to work remotely. And that's when we realized that humans need social you know, interactivity. You have to be able to connect. They need a place to go, and you know, which is not their home, basically. And we also saw that at the same time, if you have sales teams performing, they work much better if they're together in an office. Because you easily can notice like they help each other a lot. And it gets a bit challenging you know, if you have to work through Google Chat or Slack. And a very another important thing I noticed was that like team connection matters. Let's say Joseph, uh, we work together, you and I, and you know I don't know I, I I don't know who you are as a person that well, but if I'm sitting right next to you, you could make a joke, make a comment, something silly, you know we would have a laugh, and then I would get to know you a little bit better, right? I would have a sense of who is Joseph. Because you could use your words in a certain way, your tone when you say something. But then let's say I haven't ever gotten to uh, to know you in person. And then you send me a Slack message and you say something completely normal to you. You're just, it's a normal day, normal message. But depending on, you know, where my mindset is, my mind could not be in the best place. And I read that message and I could comprehend that in a very wrong way. I might think, oh, no, is Joseph upset with me? Doesn't he want to talk to me? Does this not sound right? You know, you can, like, things can start going in your head. So that's what we realized that it's very important that whoever new joins into the company, it's very important that, you know, we tell them, you have to be in the office for the first couple of weeks to get to know your team. Get comfortable. Get to know who you're working with, your team lead, your colleagues. So that way, when you work remotely, it's easy. You, there's nothing to think about. I would say those couple of things at least. Yeah, I love this topic. So uh, thank you so much, Yanti. And uh, now we are officially leaving the leadership segment and shifting the focus to you and a fun fact about yourself. Can you share a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about before now? Okay. Um, I like to build Legos for a distraction. 
That, that is a, that is a typical <laughs> why why legos i don't know it's like because you could get like you could get a nice set uh, and i'm also a huge harry potter fan i think i practically have a lot of the sets oh wow I, I, me too I, i was actually when i was young i had glasses i was i looked very like harry potter when i was young oh very nice i i, I tried to get glasses and, and I, i can see quite well and i had to try to convince my parents but they were like you can see well we don't need you <laughs> <laughs> okay so so two fun facts now i got another one two fun facts is you you love to play with lego with two years to strike yourself and you are a true harry potter f- uh, nerd yes but yeah like with building legos it's like you know you can take a set going to a corner you can spend about 2 3 hours you know putting them together and then you can stop thinking of everything else and you start focusing on the next piece so it's a nice distraction you should try it i i love lego when i was younger too i built so much i don't have that anymore but maybe i should try that to just think of yeah like nowadays you should give it a go it's a good it's a good distraction and uh, you know this means that it's time for now uh, the segment of an external question because i uh, I, w- i want to let the community have a voice too not just me and you talking here so today we have uh, one external question and this is from the listener ellen broström and this is her question hi ronty when you hire us head of sales How do you see the person leading the team? What traits does the person have and what would be the key metrics for that team? I would say that it depends on the stage of the business because during early stages, you know, you want someone who knows how to sell into a market like in the market, you know, that where your customers are, where you actually want to reach. And it's okay if this person is, you know, is a bit less experienced, it doesn't really matter. But the thing is once you start seeing results this role changes very quickly. So for example that's exactly what we did with our head of sales. We knew that he would be the right fantastic person for it but you know but in the beginning we want to make sure that he is able to reach out to the market that we wanted to go into and able to make sales. So it's very important when you find this person that you identify that hey This person can be very good at recruiting. This person can communicate well and most of all can lead by example. Because when you recruit for head of sales, like you need to really make sure that they can get their hands dirty and lead at the same time. Just because a sales person could be great doesn't always also mean that they can be a good head of sales. Like I said with us like outbound sales is our key focus, right? And outbound sales can be very tough so you just have to be able to you know pick up the phone in the moment and show how it's done yes <laughs> was there a, another part of the question yeah and the last part and what would be the key metrics for that leader slash team number of meetings overall uh what is the closing rate based on those meetings that we're getting number of calls number of closed deals uh new mrr per month uh and then you know when there's like people under them like how much M- new mrr is per sales person bringing uh, things like that did that answer the question yes that uh, i know this alan so i know what uh, she she meant and uh, thank you now you totally answered her question and ellen thank you for a great question 
And now, Iranti, it's time for Iranti's topic of choice. So now I will sip it for one, two, three minutes and we'll let you talk about something that you are truly nerdy and passionate about. Okay, so in this part I could maybe say a couple of things. Well, like I said, I get very excited about Harry Potter and then I started playing golf recently, so not too long ago. I get very excited (laughs) about that. But then at the end of the day, to be honest, I don't have a lot of time because service form is what I constantly think about. Might be a bit boring, but like last night, for example, I saw this article on Sastra that said uh, something like, do you have 100 customers? Uh, It's time for you to uh, host your first user, like customer conference. And then all I'm thinking last night until the moment I went to bed and I woke up this morning, I need to talk to the team. We have more than 500 customers. We have about more than 2,500 websites using our tools. We need to do this. <laughs> but then also, I, co- I, I tend to go quite deep with the processes. Like if there's something that you know needs you know fixing or improvement, I'm like, okay, okay, let's get together. Let's let's have a you know chat for about you know a couple of hours. Let's come up with a nice process for this. Um, what recently we did was we had this half day workshop. It was to plan our a customer journey. Because right now we've been always focusing this year on new MRR and now we have a good customer base. And for next year, we want to focus on our upsells and, you know, how we create a very nice customer a journey for existing customers. So we had this very nice planning session on and then I documented the entire thing with notes afterwards and I distributed it to everyone. I just get excited about those. Yeah, I think no, no, no one that listened to this can't. Ignore how, how nerdy how nerdy and passionate you are for service for I me. Mean, like, wow, your eyes, they can't see your smile and eyes, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing Pierre. And um, this means that we are now entering the field of KPIs. KPIs on a company level now uh, for you as a CEO and the, the company as well, not just uh, the sales of sales, KPIs, etc. Which KPIs are the most important for you here? As a SaaS company, like focusing, you know, metrics there, main ones immediately are like MRR, ARR, churn, and net revenue retention, NRR. Especially MRR and churn. If numbers are going the right way, that's all that matters. Nothing else. (laughs) Nice. And uh, do you work with OKRs? Yes and no. Uh, I don't do the main level. I just go down into the task. So I've always been the person that let's go to the detailed task. Let's get it done. We're not going to be fancy. We just get it done. So you are working with key results and not objectives and key results. <laughs> yeah, of course, like objectives is more like the bigger vision. But then like yeah. when you work with the team, you just want to like I'm always trying my best to not be, you know, surface level, like in the sense that I'm just not going to tell you what, but like I, I want to help you. I, I want to work with you. So let's dig deep, you know, and so it's much easier for us to get stuff done. Great last input here. And Irante, we have entered now the roundup. And the roundup means that we only have four questions left. My first roundup question is always my VAM-oriented question. What would you say is the best way to do a code outreach to you if I am a salesperson listening to this and I would like to get you to a meeting? How would you, in a modern way, 
like to be approached. Hmm. By the way, VAM is something that's on my list for the uh, my to do uh, a Christmas edition task list. But yes, to me, I personally don't like to be reached out by the phone. Uh, because I, I feel like I don't get the entire message well. So I like to be reached out either through email or LinkedIn. So, okay, step one here, skip the phone initially, LinkedIn or email. How should it be personalized or straight to the point? And how, approximately how long should the outreach be? Straight to the point. I mean, of course, I, I want you to relate to me. Don't send me a long, long email because I have seen people write paragraphs and then all I'm thinking is you could use some you know, you could press enter, you could use a line break <laughs> because it's it gets so hard to read. And when I open an email like that on my phone, it's an immediate, you know, uh, is this something I could check from my computer? Like not now. Um, so it could be, even be an important email, but if it's from my phone and if it's not short, I just don't want to look at it say, for later. So being short, lots of line breaks. Would you say, if I get you interested in the text, of course you need to have a good text page, would a video message help here as a good second step after I get your attention when reading? Like, like it's always nice. Like, if I'm interested, go ahead. Thank you so much, Iranti, for making me and them and the listeners smarter regarding good outreach tactics. And um, if you would give yourself, when you were a younger CEO, one to top three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know what would you tell yourself? One very important thing I would tell myself first is that when you, when you let's say start, let's say the, a business or something big, especially, you know, the business, don't expect results to come immediately. It's going to take time and you have to be patient. Please be patient. And that your idea won't be perfect and it'll evolve a lot with time and let it happen because trust me you're going to enjoy it you're going to have a lot of fun doing it and just you know enjoy the journey and maybe one more could be is that oh this is very important just because someone says something they sound like you know they they know it all not everyone knows everything because sometimes people you know they might sound like they know it but they're sharing their best guess so don't get all you know worried and think that oh this person knows so much more than me i don't know enough and you know it's not enough i i need to do more because they're sharing their best guess with you and don't take that for your main truth have it in the back of your head but you make a decision and go forward three things nice and the great, great things here. I, I, I love this last part also because yeah, immediately say, don't people know it all? I thought like, don't think customers know it all because I, I have been tricked so many times uh, from customers that, that that they lie to me. They don't they don't lie to me with purpose, but they lie to themselves. And I'm like, that is the truth. Market has said this when people, but no, they don't even know what this what they do themselves. So yeah. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, like sometimes it's fun because like some customers they come with like a certain idea and you ask them like okay maybe you could define more what exactly is that you want and they're like I, I don't know but it's you know it's it's this <laughs> then it doesn't make sense but that's the beautiful thing about being a leader and being an entrepreneur uh, and um, yeah this leads me into 
to other people. The second last question now, Inanti. Which other two B2B SaaS CEOs do you think are interesting and would like to listen to if I would interview them in this podcast? Think you cool SaaS founders in the Nordics or Europe? Okay, so hmm, uh, I know these guys uh, uh, personally. Um, it's a company. Um, it's called Hostaway, and the CEO is Marcus Rader. Yes. Um, so it would be nice to hear from them, but of course I know them personally as well. I think lead feeder because they have had this one product, you know, for quite a few years, but they have like really pushed growth, especially into the U.S. market. Um, his name is Pekka. I can't remember his surname, uh, but the company is lead feeder. They're a, a Finnish company. I mean, I don't have very specific ones but like what i would love to is hear from other ceos let's say who's in a similar growth stage and like i would love to hear you know how they're pushing their efforts and this means that we have arrived to the very end the very last question for now at least this time and this is iranti now i'm hoping and putting my fingers crossed for a both fluffy inspirational answer yet a concrete number where will service form be in five years? Okay, so usually when, whenever someone asks me anything to do with five years, I go like, hey, that's a very long time. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a startup, you know, so many things change within a year. But of course, I, you, it's important to have a vision um, because like I always go with in terms of like, like detailed planning for about six months to a year and then look at the big vision. But like in five years time, we, I mean, I definitely want Service Form to be one of the largest businesses in the CRM and, you know, like the marketing tech space. And then you ask for a number. Well, of course, by five years, 2027, we would want to be at 100 million ARR. Yes, that is a, yes, that is a bold, bold number and an inspirational answer. That was exactly what I was hoping for, that you would say something like this. I would say I shift in the focus to you as been listening and say that if you like what you heard, please press the subscription button because these podcasts have a lot of value from cool guests. And please tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Iranti in B2B SaaS And Iranti, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Of course, Joseph, it was, it was fun. I mean, most of all, thank you for having me. 